Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. We have a little bit of a different format for you today. We're going to kick it off with my very first interview on the podcast with Kim Johnson, and she has started an FCA equestrian chapter, and she's using my home barn, Equus Corrito Equine Center, which is now Cross Creek Saddle Club, and she's using us for her horse huddles that happen a couple times a month with the kids and with the summer camp that's coming up. So She'll get to talk to us all about that. All of the links um, for contact and events will be in the show notes of this episode. I'm also going to talk to you about a local equestrian professionals group that has gotten started where we're going to ride together um, once every couple of months, it looks like, is kind of what we have planned out. So I'll have more details to that, how you can get in touch, how you can get involved if you're interested in riding with us there as well. And then we'll dive into a little training section of the episode where I talked to you about my recent trail ride with my husband, Tim, on our uh, horse Sedona, and then the horse I have leased out, Johnny, and kind of some stuff that we ran into with them and how to kind of turn some negatives into a positive on a trail ride and have more fun and help the horses to relax more. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I'll see you there. You're listening to The Horseman's Mindset, where we meet to discuss horses, mindset, and mental health as it relates to your horsemanship journey. I'm your host, Ashley Purden, and I want to help you to bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to be with your horse. I'm going to teach you what it is that separates good horsemen from the rest and how you can grow into that role for your horse. This show consists of my personal opinions and is meant for informational purposes only. All right, guys, we're here on the podcast with Kim Johnson. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, we're really excited to hear about FCA Equestrian and kind of what you guys have been up to in our local area. You want to start us off with kind of introducing what the FCA is and what your equestrian chapter is all about? Yes, absolutely. So FCA Equestrian is a sports-specific branch of Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a ministry that has been going on for years. I started here in Kansas City. It's now in actually over 100 countries, um, so it's international, and it is a platform to use sports to spread the gospel and uh, for getting athletes into a growing relationship with Jesus and for discipleship multiplication. So we make disciples that go out and make disciples. Um, Yeah. So so my husband, Tim actually played baseball for FCA, um, like was connected there with college and then played some summer ball in New York with them too. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really neat. So, um, Now we are bringing FCA into the equestrian world to serve the youth equestrian athletes of all disciplines, all levels in Kansas City and the surrounding areas. And we're providing prayer, encouragement, fellowship, and discipleship here. That's awesome. So this equestrian chapter of the FCA is pretty new, right? Like how many are there nationally right now? Uh, As far as I know, we, us here in Kansas City, and there's also one other gal getting it started in Georgia. So it's brand new. We just really started it in the fall. Yeah, which is so exciting. And in our area, being like more in Johnson County on the Kansas side, there's not a lot of like rodeo Bible camps or anything up this far north either. So 
Um, I feel yes. like this is a great opportunity for kids to get involved in more of like a, it's not really a team sport, but, you know, just having like somebody to be with and ride with consistently. And then it sounds like you guys are going to be going and doing competitions eventually too. Yes, we definitely want to do that. So we've, the, what we've started with is we, uh, with FCA, we go through the E3. So engaging, equipping, and empowering. This is how we make disciples. So we engage in relationships and community with the kids and their families. We share the gospel and help grow their faith by equipping them with the word and discipleship. And then we empower them to go out and make more disciples and all of their horse adventures and in their everyday life at school and wherever they go. So that's like our process, you know, that we go through with these, with these kids, with their discipleship. That's awesome. So like what ages of kids are drawn to this? You know, we, we want to open it up to a broad range because there's a broad range that are in this sport. And so we gear it toward kids that are around eight, uh, eight years old that can are riding on their own um, and mm-hmm. are very you know capable at that point. And then through, you know, 18, 19 years old before they um, go off into adulthood. So we're gearing it toward the, the youth equestrian athletes for sure. That's awesome. So do they have to have their own horse to be able to participate? It depends on the event. Um, our horse huddles is kind of our meat and potatoes, and that's where we get our ongoing discipleship. We really do enjoy doing camps and events, but our horse huddles we do once or twice a month. Um, and those you do not have to have your own horse. You can come for uh, what what the huddles are is the kids are able to come in for an open arena um, and they get to ride together and enjoy fellowship and friends. And then we sit down, we always bring in food for the kids and whatever family members they bring. And then we dig into the word and we go over some sort of FCA devotional. And so for those, some of the times the kids will come and just watch the horses if they don't have their own horse. Um, so there's some kids that have really um, great gentle horses and the kids will share. And sometimes they'll just come for the food and Bible study at the end. Um, with events such as camps, uh, you do need your own horse um, to bring to those. Okay, awesome. So you guys just had a horse huddle at my home barn. Um, it was the old Equus Credo Equine Center in Lewisburg, Kansas, and it's now Cross Creek Riding Club. And so you guys just had your first one there last week. How did that go? It went wonderful. The facilities were fantastic and the kids were really excited to get to come in and ride in that arena. Um, It hadn't had a lot of rain, but with the beautiful indoor arena, the kids were able to go in there and still ride and have a great time. And then the sun came out and we did our Bible study and our dinner outside of the arena and the beautiful sun setting. And um, we really dug into the word and had some great time of fellowship together. And um, we're excited to have another one out there coming up here pretty soon. That'll be fine. I'm hoping to make your next one. I had to run my horses up to the farrier that night. Yeah. So I'm kind of at the mercy of his schedule right now, but yeah. um, the next one looks like it's a clear night for me. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you're all about and getting to see it in person more. Oh, good. I'm so glad to have you there with us. So tell me about the summer camp you guys have planned. So our camp is this June 16th and 17th. And the instructor is the awesome Tara Passmore. Um, that's over there at the Cross Creek. And um, she is going to be putting on the camp and doing barrels, pole bending, and some intro to roping. Um, And then we're going to also have some wonderful devotional time over lunch each day at that camp. And it's going to be a 
awesome time for the kids to get to grow in their rodeo events that they're working on and also grow in their relationship with Jesus as well. And that the end of the second day, they're going to get to compete for some buckles, which we're really excited about too. Oh, that's really exciting. That'll be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. So how many fun. kids are you expecting? Um, like, what do you have capacity for this year for camp? Do you think? We can take up to 20 kids for this. Okay. One. Awesome. So, yeah, I think the spots will fill up pretty fast. Registration will be opening up either tomorrow or beginning of next week. And we'll, as soon as that goes live, we'll post that link so kids can start getting signed up for it. Okay, perfect. That would be great. And um, how do people find it, like get more information about camp? I know we'll put a little link to the flyer in the show notes of this episode. Um, is that probably the best way you've got all your contact information on that flyer? I guess on that flyer and then um, any updates, you can check out our FCA Equestrian KC Facebook page or Instagram page. And I um, update those regularly as well. It's whenever we have new information. Awesome. Very good. So with um, the FCA Equestrian branch being new, and I know your branch, like when did you start your meetings? Uh, in September of 2021. Okay. So this Okay, September. perfect. So you're starting to get a little momentum going there. Yeah, it's, is you know, that very first one, just really praying through it. I'm like, okay, Lord, I know you're calling me to do this, but I don't know if anyone's even going to show up and they have. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, there's been a, a regular, you know, 12 kids plus sometimes siblings and parents. And that's another great part of it is, you know, this is a family sport. So at least yeah. one parent is usually there and you have some younger siblings running around and um, it's a definitely a family affair. So the fellowship is, is awesome with not only the equestrian athletes, but with their families as well. So, yeah, that's really cool. What's kind of your, you know, if, if you could have it all your way and like wherever God takes us, like what's kind of your vision for this as the future unfolds? I would love for the horse huddles to multiply, hopefully in some other areas of Kansas city. So. Um, we're not the only one sharing the love of Jesus in our, our area and getting kids together because it is hard to, you know, travel. So it'll be awesome yeah. to get one up, up north and, you know, east, west, whatever that looks like, wherever God has, but would love to do uh, more huddles in different areas and then more events. We'll definitely try to do a seasonal event. Um, and then we would also feel like God's calling us into possible teams eventually. So kids getting to practice together and go compete together under FCA equestrian. That would be so cool. It's just so yeah. needed. Cause I, I think there's kind of this stigma with the horse girls, you know, like I don't yes. that ride, you know, grow up and ride horses too, but mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Oh, it's not really a sport. And it's like, now that FCA is kind of put you guys under their umbrella it's kind of mm -hmm. making it a little bit more formal and like yeah this actually is a sport that you work hard at and yeah. you can go compete together and have that kind of team mentality yes I mean when I stepped into the horse world with uh, my two older daughters that are are riders now I just was in a bit of culture shock I had no idea how many kids did this and how much time and effort and commitment it takes to pursue this sport and it's going yeah. on everywhere and it's super exciting to now bring the gospel into it and see where God wants to take it. So, yeah, that'll be really exciting. Well, we'll make sure to post the link to the flyer in my show notes and how people can get in touch with you and all that. And we'll put the link to the website on there as well, but thank you so much for hopping on. You're my very first podcast guest. So I was really excited to have oh, you with awesome. us. Thank yeah. You so so much. I feel so absolutely. honored. <laughs> 
So I hope to give you guys a little bit of momentum having you on here. And we're really excited to have you making use of our facility, Cross Creek Riding Club to down in Lewisburg. And that's where yeah. you're planning to have your um, summer camp too. So it'll be a lot of yeah, fun. The camp and, and future huddles. And we're so uh, grateful that you guys have opened that space up to us. Um, and we really, really appreciate that. Yeah, our new owner, Wendy Struby has been super excited to host a Christian athletic club. And we're really excited to see where this relationship goes with you guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, Kim. And thanks again for being on. Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate it. Well, it's been a really great week. We just finished up the last week of April and we are officially into May. And let's see what all happened this week. We had our first equine professionals day in the area and it just started off small. I hosted it down at EC with a small group of trainer friends and we were able to spend the day collaborating I provided lunch and went for a little trail ride afterwards. It was a really good time. As trainers, we can be a little bit guilty about isolating ourselves from other trainers and only riding around our clients, which can really, I mean, I don't want to say stifle our progress, but if we're not out actively riding with other trainers, it's hard to know exactly what you're doing. I mean, just like for the same reason why amateur riders are going to take lessons, right? If I spend too much time riding around in the arena by myself, pretty soon I'm starting to develop different habits of things that maybe I'm not aware of. I don't even have any mirrors in my arena, but even if I did, it's still really good to have another set of eyes on you. So we, uh, rode in the indoor arena for a couple of hours and it was really fun. I got to pick everyone's brains. I think I asked every person there at least one question, which was kind of my goal. And it's just one of those deals. I really truly believe that everyone has something to teach you, whether it's what to do or what not to do, but mostly everyone's going to have some little nugget of information that you can pick up and use. And so from a training perspective, I always find it really interesting how other people do things. And it might not be quite how I want to do something, but I still want to hear about their process and their goals for what they're doing. So we had people from different disciplines. Uh, we had Josh Rushing, who's writing ranch versatility stuff right now. So he kind of had a fresh perspective on what's happening in that world since I haven't been showing recently. Um, we had Rhonda Martin there from Equine Mechanics, and she's an equine massage therapist. And um, I don't even know how to describe all the stuff she does. I always do this. She's hard to pin down into a box. So we'll just leave it at that for right now. So she's really well versed on the anatomy and like why things happen certain ways and the biomechanic biomechanics and all of that stuff. And she's really into the biomechanics of the rider. And so she helped us with our posture. We had Brittany Harpool there, who's a hunter-jumper trainer. And it was interesting to hear how the things that she looks for in the hunter-jumper horses um, vary from the things that we look for in our Western horses. And she rides with a um, 
a really cool couple that's like one's a biomechanics expert and the other one is a chiropractor and they go around and do clinics together. I'm going to try to hit one of their clinics that she's hosting at her place um, later this month. She had this interesting exercise with TheraBands where you would put it across one shoulder and go down your front, down your back, all the way down to your heel of your boot on the, so like the diagonal heel across from that shoulder. And then you do the other way too. So you'd ride around with this like X on you. And by the way, I'm not recommend you doing this with a colt or a horse that's not like super, super, super broke. <laughs> Be careful if you decide to try this at home. But it was a really neat exercise for postural awareness and building your core because it basically like activates all of your core muscles and not just like the dominant ones. So I discovered some muscles that I hadn't used in a really long time <laughs> and I only put the bands on for like five minutes, but holy cow was I sore. I was sore when I got off that horse. It was amazing. So definitely will be adding that into my program. So my students can look forward to experiencing <laughs> some of that in their upcoming lessons. So yeah, that was a really great day. It was really fun to just get together and ride with everyone. So we also did, let's see what else happened this week. Oh, I went on a trail ride with my husband, Tim, last night, and it was good. It was just good to get back to the personal horses. So I have my mare, Sedona, and then I have Unleash Cindy Townsend's gelding, Johnny, for the summer so that Tim and I can go trail riding together. If you're wondering what happened to Jake, he is at New Horizons Ranch. Don't worry about it. He is enjoying his kind of like pre-retirement <laughs> and uh, assisting the kids with their therapeutic riding and just soaking up every minute of it. So that's working out really well. He had just gotten to the point that he wasn't going to be able to hold up on the trail rides that we go on. We schedule one out to Colorado every year. So I'll be taking Johnny on that trip as well. And he's been a little bit of a project. He had been sitting for a little bit this winter and um, Cindy had fallen on the ice and broken her wrist. So he'd had some time off. And I don't know that she'd ever gotten to the point that she was just like really 100% confident on him. And so he just kind of still felt a little bit green in a lot of ways. So I've been kind of teaching him about what it's like to be a horse that has a job. <laughs> but the last few weeks, I hadn't been feeling very good. I'm not exactly sure what happened, whether it was food allergy related or whether it was related to my bipolar disorder. By the way, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I am going to talk to you just a little bit about what happened with me the last couple of weeks. So it's not uncommon for me to have, even though I'm on medication and I'm doing everything right with my diet and I'm doing everything right with my sleep and my schedule, and it doesn't matter like how lined up everything is. If I have all my T's crossed and my I's dotted, it makes no difference. I will still experience highs and lows in my bipolar disorder. So I had a couple weeks where I just didn't quite feel right. And it feels a lot like having the flu without the chills and the fever, where you just feel really crappy, like your muscles ache, your joints ache, you're really tired, you just want to sleep all the time, you have brain fog, you can't really think very clearly. 
And so I tried to give myself some grace. I have a hard time being patient with myself, but I gave myself some grace and just took it as, okay, it's just a little feedback that I need a little bit of rest. And again, it doesn't really mean that I overdid anything in the weeks leading up to it. This stuff can just come out of nowhere and be for absolutely no reason at all. And I suddenly was having a hard time sleeping and I felt my anxiety coming back up and it was just like, oof, you know, I haven't had to deal with this in a while, but it's probably every couple months I would say that I have these kind of symptoms and it's not anywhere near as severe as it used to be. It used to be when I would have this, I would get to a point that my anxiety was so bad and my phobias got so bad that I couldn't even leave my house in the morning. Like I can't tell you how many mornings I've had in the last 10 years where I would get to my door and sit down on the floor in front of it and just look at it, like look at my garage door and feel like if I walked out that door, I was going to die. I mean, whether it was I thought I had a stalker after me or whether I thought that I was going to get in a bad wreck on the way to work or I just had like this ominous feeling that something bad was going to happen and it would be paralyzing and I would end up having to call my clients and cancel the day or I would be able to push through it and I'd be able to go And what I've learned is when I get like that, I just can't have like a long, excuse me, drawn out morning routine. I have to just like get up, get food, get myself out the door. If I spend any longer than that, all of those anxieties and phobias start settling in. So that's kind of how I approached it the last couple of weeks. I didn't allow myself a lot of time in the morning to, you know, float around the house and wander around and do all of the little things that I like to do in the morning. It was just get up, get out, go. And that worked really well for me, actually. So it didn't end up escalating to where I had, um, you know, uncontrollable anxiety or phobias. And yes, I am on medication for all of that, but it is still something that is just going to be part of my life. So I just wanted to share that I really am on a mission to normalize mental health issues Not that we should be wallowing in them and not doing the inner work and not trying to get our routines correct and our diets correct and our medication correct and spend the time talking to our psychiatrists and doctors and all that. I'm not saying the maintenance doesn't need to be done, but I'm just trying to educate people that even when you are doing all the maintenance, there's still going to be a level of symptom that you're dealing with. So back to Johnny and Sedona. Those are the two horses that get back burnered when I'm not feeling well. So the last couple of weeks, I hadn't really been riding and I went ahead and got them out last night and had a great session on both of them. We worked in the arena first. I do a lot of ponying off of Sedona for Johnny. So ponying is where you're leading the other horse off the horse that you're riding. And we can do all kinds of things. Now we can do transitions together. We can even lope together, which is really hard. And a little bit dangerous. I wouldn't recommend you necessarily try that at home. (laughs) Um, I can also walk Sedona in a circle and lunge Johnny around us now, which I'm really excited and proud of the fact that I can do this because Johnny was pretty reactive to his halter pressure when he first came. And he's got a little bit of a tendency to pull back on the trailer. We always tie him up with a blocker tie ring. I mean, heck, Sedona does for that matter too. A lot of horses do if they're going to get spooked. That's why I love those tie rings. They don't hurt themselves or break any equipment. And so he just kind of had this knee-jerk reaction to every time he picked up on the halter, though, that he would throw his head up and resist. 
and he would go kind of into like a freeze mode. So I don't know if he has like an old memory of something happening with his halter or if it's just been a matter of inconsistency from the humans in his life of him not learning properly how to get off the halter pressure. But in any case, we've been teaching him. So it's been really cool the fact that I can actually get him to lope with us now. And he will still stop and shut down every once in a while. And I just stop with him and I'll get behind him and drive him forward and get him going again. But it's just not nearly so much of a thing as it used to be. He's doing super great. So we did a nice warm up in the outdoor arena for probably about 30 minutes, walk, trot, lope. And then my husband came out after work and we went on a trail ride. Quick tip, ladies, by the way, if you have a non-horsey husband that you want to get riding, don't make them do all of the work to get the horse ready, okay? I made that mistake for the longest time. I was like, if you're going to ride with me, you're going to do all the stuff. And I made it not fun anymore, (laughs) okay? So I go catch the horses. I get them groomed. I get them saddled, warmed up, all of the things. He has zero interest in training a horse, right? He does enjoy riding, so that's fantastic. I'm so thankful for that. Took me the longest time to figure out that he just wanted to trail ride, though. So figure out what they want to do with you. And um, so all he has to do, all Tim has to do is come out and I hand him his horse and we get on and we go. And we pretty much always have a really good ride because I've set everything up really well. So it's a positive experience for him and he's not having to put in all the extra work on the stuff that's not fun. Is it more work for me? Yes, it's a little bit more work for me, but it's 100% worth it. And we have a great time. So we rode around the trails at our neighborhood. And I was a little bit tense starting out because, again, I hadn't worked either one of these horses in the last couple of weeks. So, And I consider both of them still pretty green. And, again, I want Tim to have a good experience. I want Sedona to be good. And the trails in my neighborhood are a little bit daunting Um, I oftentimes have people ask me if I'll take them out on the trails there and I get really hesitant because there's just a lot of hazards. And if I haven't seen you ride somewhere else and my horses are still pretty green, I don't know about going out on those trails with you specifically. I would be much more likely to jump in a trail ride at Hillsdale with somebody or even at Rantoul where there's a lot of foot traffic. I just... There's so much that happens in my neighborhood, especially in the evening on a really nice spring day like it was yesterday. So there's people out mowing their yards. There's people riding around on bicycles. There's people riding around on the trails on four-wheelers and ATVs. And for the most part, they're super polite and the horses have the right-of-way and all of that, but there's still some kids that go out uh, without adult supervision, which, you know, that's up to the parents, but... Occasionally, you could possibly have a four-wheeler run up behind you and they didn't know you were there. And that can be exciting. There are loose dogs. (laughs) There are, I mean, there's like so much stuff. And not only that, some of the trails go right next to one of the major roads down there. So you've got road traffic. You've got agricultural equipment that's going up and down the roads. You've got those big fertilizing buggies. You've got tractors. You've got um, the odd box truck. It's not really a trucking route, but you will have some bigger trucks go by. 
Um, you'll also just have people buzz up and down the road on their, um, oh, what are those things called? Those, uh, UTVs, rangers. So, I mean, a lot of different things can happen while you're out there and you're having to cross asphalt every once in a while, um, which is just like a subdivision road coming out. So that's kind of a thing too, right? And then you have like your normal trail stuff like deer and squirrels and, you know, anything else that might jump out, which I really don't worry about those kind of things too much anymore. My horses are pretty exposed to that, but getting them exposed to all the rest of this stuff is a little bit of a deal. So it's no matter how well you set it up or how good your horse is, it's going to be a little bit of a training ride every time you go out. So we get started and the first trail we go down, we have to pass two donkeys, which Sedona thinks donkeys are her arch nemesis. We are working on this, but she can instantly go into flight mode when she sees a donkey or smells a donkey. And so, you know, I have this in my mind. It's like, okay. And the last time we rode down this specific trail, we had a big spin, um, and a spook. So a spook and a spin, I guess the spook happened first where we were walking along and the horses just slammed on the brakes and did a 180. And I'm very proud to say both Tim and I rode that very well, <laughs> but you know, those kind of things do stick in the back of my mind. I'm not super worried about me coming off knock on wood, but if Tim fell off, it would be really detrimental to his confidence. So again, have all this in the back of my mind. So I'm a little bit stressed out and anxious as we're starting because I really want for him to have a good experience. And I don't really know Johnny very well yet. So I don't know exactly what all of his spooks and tendencies tend to look like. And he's kind of a high anxiety horse anyway. So he's learning how to trust me a little bit more, which isn't great when I'm also anxious, right? So I'm sure a few of you can relate to that. Yes, I'm a horse trainer. No, I do not have the most confidence on the entire planet. I am not ashamed to get down and walk on a trail ride if I need to. I can certainly do that if we go through an area, but I'm trying to get past that with both of them now. So we decided to ride down the donkey trail. So we get down there, we get to the donkeys and we're doing really well. The donkeys are pinned up probably about 20 feet off of the trail. So that's always helpful. We do better when they're in their little dry lot. When they're out and about and they like to walk up to us, that's when Sedona's pretty sure that they are Satan's spawn. <laughs> so um, we get past them. That goes really well. And then the next hazard is loose horses out in a pasture that we have to ride right next to. And sometimes they run around and run up to us. They're getting a little more used to us. So by the time we got to them, they were also super good. So that was great. And uh, we keep going and we get a little further into the woods. And now like we're on one of my favorite trails. That's just kind of a long wooded trail. You don't really know that you're in a neighborhood. It's kind of off away from everything else. And uh, we're riding along and talking. And all of a sudden I spot a morel mushroom. And I've actually never been mushroom hunting before. This is a totally brand new thing to me, but it's kind of been on my brain because I've been seeing on Facebook some people posting about morel mushrooms and I recognized it immediately. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a morel. And it was like literally like right next to the trail. 
So I don't know if just none of my neighbors mushroom hunt or they're just super prevalent out here, which I probably shouldn't be telling anyone this, right? Because like, if this becomes a thing for us, we probably want to get as many of them as we can ourselves. <laughs> um, but we went out and it was crazy. Like once I saw that one, then we saw more and we just had the best time. So I thought it was an interesting illustration that I start out super tense, stressed out and nervous about, you know, everyone having a good time and it being successful and my horse not spooking Sedona to where Tim doesn't have a good time. And I'm just like, all this stuff is going through my head. I have this whole story around all the possible negative outcomes that I could imagine in this situation. And I am just like brooding over this story and it's not helpful. It's contributing to a lot of tension in my body, which, you know, riding, there's a lot of contact between the horse and the rider physically, right? So even from an energetic perspective, they can feed off of our fearful, anxious energy. But when we're on them, you bet they feel that a hundred percent. They can feel all the tension. They can feel the change in our posture. We tend to lean forward more when we're tense and anxious. They can feel that. And then we're having to get in a fight with their face because we're telling them that we're tense and anxious, which to them translates into moving their feet usually forward. So now we're in a fight with their face because they're wanting to walk faster than we want to go. You know, all the things. And so we start mushroom hunting and I let the reins go and I let my shoulders drop and I'm looking for mushrooms. And guess what, guys? Johnny relaxed like really well. Okay. He just put his head down, blew out almost instantly. And when that happened, I realized what, what I had done. I was completely feeding him anxious, fearful energy, which was then making him anxious and fearful. And it can be so hard to be the first one to let your shoulders drop and give your horse the reins a little bit, but that's exactly what that horse needed. So as soon as my attention was on looking for mushrooms, my whole ride changed. And we rode around back there for probably an hour and a half. And we just had the best ride because I was finally able to let go and trust the horse to do his job. And I gave myself a job. So sometimes if you can, you know, there may not always be mushrooms to look for, but if you can treat your trail ride kind of like a scavenger hunt and try to get your mind off of the horse and you and your story in your head that you've created about how all this is going to go, it can really help. So I feel like a lot of times we build anxiety because we're not giving our brain a specific job. Okay. We're just kind of letting it run rampant with whatever it wants to run with. And I work on this a lot in my personal life. It's not just with horses, but anytime I'm experiencing anxiety, I try to give my brain something else to do that's constructive. So that's exactly what happened in this situation. It was amazing. I was able to focus on the task at hand, let my horse do his job, which he fully appreciated because I was trying to do both of our job. Well, I was trying to do his job for him and I wasn't doing my job essentially. And it was amazing to see how his posture changed, how his tone changed, how his confidence changed, you know, all the stuff. And we were doing an awesome job of teaching our horses to stop on the trail, teaching them to stand still for dismounting and mounting, teaching them to just stand there and wait, teaching them to ride away from each other in different directions. It wasn't your typical trail ride. And they did awesome. They weren't overly worried about where the other horse was, all of the things. It was great. So then we're heading back after we 
go a few laps up and down this one trail looking for mushrooms. And we go back and we're crossing the pond dam and going around the pond. And there is a family that's fishing in the pond and they've got their gator or whatever it was um, parked up on the pond dam. And both the horses were pretty suspicious about this. If this had been a previous trail ride, I probably would have dismounted and gone around it. But it was like, you know, they've been doing so good. We went ahead and rode around it. And we got them to do it. It wasn't like the prettiest thing ever. They were kind of like crab walking as they went next to it. Because, you know, anytime there is a new thing in an old place, I always say that's scarier to a horse on the trail than a new thing in a new place. So they know they're very sensitive to changes in their environment, right? They're hardwired to notice those changes because that means potentially that there could be a predator. It could potentially mean that they're in danger. So we crab walk around it and that works great. And then (laughs) again, not the prettiest thing, but we get it done. And uh, we go around the spillway of the pond and we start heading back toward the barn. And I asked him if he wanted to trot a little bit, you know, everything's been going good. Well, Sedona decided that was her moment and started flinging her head around and humping up and acting like she was going to buck. And I tried to have Tim push her forward and she just really wasn't having it. So I'm like, okay, do you mind if I ride your horse? And he's like, please. (laughs) So I have him get down and I lunge her around a couple of laps off of her reins. She has these awesome loop reins that are easy to undo on one side. And so I lunge her in a couple circles and, you know, she's bucking and shaking her head and just has this whole like little baby horse hissy fit. And, um, I, I lunge her until the circle is round and she's not giving me any sass. And then I get on and I rode her a couple laps around the entire pond. So we had to go back by the UTV again, um, twice. And I just let her run. I mean, she was telling us that she wanted to go. And so I just redirected that energy in a way that I felt safe and comfortable with, which maybe wouldn't be what everyone would feel safe and comfortable with. But it reminded me of another point on the trail that people get frustrated with their horses on the way home, uh, wanting to go faster and hurry back to the barn. They might also get frustrated with their horses not wanting to go the speed that they want to go. And when your horse is asking you for more forward motion, if you tell them no, that actually is a very claustrophobic feeling to the horse. So if you shut down forward motion on a horse, you're much more likely to get upward motion on the horse. The motion's going to go somewhere. So it's either going to go forward, backward, left or right, or it's going to go up or down potentially, but um, that's a little bit unusual. Some horses will lay down on you when they get frustrated, but um, more than likely what's going to happen if your horse is asking you to go forward and you tell them no, they're going to either start going sideways or they're going to start going up. So you're going to have bucking, rearing, spooking. You'll have a lot more spooking happen when they're wanting to go forward and you're telling them no, all of those things. So you are much safer and better off with being able to trot them and move them around. A trot is a great gate for a horse to work through their fight or flight response. Um, and the more you can put them on a looser rein and, you know, not contribute any attention to the situation, the better. So we were out in an open area where I was able to do some circles first. Again, I started with lunging just to kind of get a better read on her, see what all was under the hood, what was going to happen. 
And then I got on her and I rode her around and I let her run two laps around the pond and we came back and she was just huffing and puffing and Tim got back on her and we were able to finish our ride and we had a great ride. We probably stayed out for another half an hour or so after that. And she was perfect. It would have been a mess if I hadn't done that. She would have really not been fun. Tim would have been wrestling with her. He probably would have gotten to the point where he felt unsafe and it would have just ruined the entire ride. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. It wasn't really her being bad or being naughty. She's just being a horse and she wanted to go back to the barn. We'd been out a little longer than she's used to, but it was a really great training moment. I can nip that in the bud right away before it becomes a thing or I can allow it to escalate. So when you go out on the trail, make sure you're riding with people that are understanding and are able to wait for you if you need to train your horse. I had him hold Johnny just on the ground while I went and did that. It was good for Johnny to get left, um, especially with the horse taken off at speed. So that's going to trigger his flight response, right? And he was actually really great. He only whinnied to her like a couple of times, but he didn't try to pull away from Tim or get away and at all while he was standing there. So I was really pleased with the whole situation. And, um, and like I said, it just reminded me of a little tidbit to share about how to manage your horse's anxiety on the trail. It doesn't really matter where that anxiety is coming from exactly. You don't really have to pinpoint it. But just remember, when your horse asks you for forward motion, give them forward motion. Try not to get in a fight about it because that motion is going to come out somewhere. So I'm going to leave you all with a quote on mental health since May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's by Noam Spencer, Ph.D. Mental health is not a destination, but a process. It's about how you drive, not where you're going. I see a huge overlap there to the horse training process as well. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. If you are enjoying my podcast, please visit pioneerhorsemanship.com where you will find the training tips and mindset coaching that I use every day to help my students and myself develop the mental, emotional, and physical skills that we need to become better for our horses. I'll see you there.